Well, welcome to our third week in our series, Tough Love. Um, and before I get started, I just want to uh, thank the music team. Uh, it was Zach's first time uh, helping us out. Uh, thank you, Zach. Give Zach a hand. Appreciate it. Um, and it's always nice to have Ashley was here. She's a, she is not here every week. It's always nice to have you, Ashley, too. Uh, we, can, we can clap for Ashley, too. We love Ashley and Jocelyn. And, and yeah. But thank you guys, and uh, we appreciate that, and um, I hope you're enjoying your breakfast. Um, we are, uh, one thing I want to just kind of talk to you about is the men's group uh, meets every other Wednesday morning, and we talk about different things. Uh, we've just finished kind of our Good Neighbor Project month, the month of August, where we did a number of service projects in our community and tried to do surprising acts of kindness to demonstrate the love of God to our neighbors. And um, the, the men's group has been talking about that and saying, how can we do good neighbor projects ourselves and kind of carry it on throughout the year? And one of the things they said is we, they want to kind of have a little bit of a fund that they are ga- gathering a little bit of money on the side and uh, helping people as there is a need. And they already gathered some funds and uh, helped a family in need in the community that we knew had a need and kind of did that. Um, and so the breakfast this morning, they sponsored it, but there is a little basket over there that if you want to toss in a couple of bucks, the men's group is going to begin doing that where maybe they sponsor some events here and then and uh, get it to people who just kind of come up in the neighborhood and need something extra, uh, maybe going through a tough time. So it'll go directly to that if you want to give something to that today. But um, thank you guys for making breakfast. Um, So we've been talking about in this series, uh, tough love, how hate is really easy and love is difficult. Hate is something that ignores other people when they're going through difficult times and kind of gets arm's length away from maybe challenging situations. But love really, what we're going to talk about today is love invites. Love invites people into a relationship with one another. And that goes Right along with our Good Neighbor Project theme. So I promised you a few weeks ago, but with technical delays and uh, other delays, we haven't seen kind of a recap of some of our Good Neighbor Project stuff. So today is a good day to do that. So we're going to watch a little video of some of the Good Neighbor Projects that we did to try to say we are going to do what is tough. We're going to love and engage, not ignore the problems or Uh, nor ignore our neighbors. So here's a few highlights from Good Neighbor Project. Uh, Watch this.
So over the course of the last month, we uh, did some beautification out at the school. We gave teachers gifts. We um, threw, did a neighborhood food drive. And then we also passed out some breakfast to our neighbors um, as they were dropping off their kids at school. And so um, continue to think about ways that you can be a good neighbor um, to the people that you come in contact with. Just because it's our initiative for the month of August doesn't mean that that uh, ends in the month of August. So um, let's get kind of get back to what we're talking about today is that hate ignores love invites. And uh, we've been talking a lot about tough Love And the beginning of this series, I shared with you some of those tough challenges that Jesus gave us. That Jesus says, love your enemies. Pray for those who, who harm you or persecute you. Do those type of things. And you know, that challenge is a really difficult challenge. Because what Jesus is saying when he says, pray for those people, is he's saying that you take kind of an engaged approach with people that maybe you wish you never had any contact with whatsoever. What, what we would prefer to do sometimes is that people are kind of bothering us or we don't want to hang out with them. We would prefer just to forget about them altogether. Jesus says, pray for them. And what that starts us is it starts us in a process of saying, instead of disregarding others, I am actively saying, you know what, I'm trying to remedy and redeem this situation or make it better and that's what jesus is all about instead of ignoring uh what is going on around us and maybe even difficult relationship jesus was all about reconciliation of those relationships and so so it is difficult to do and that that is challenging and there's a lot of um you know, nuance to that, but we want to think about that today. And specifically, I want to look at a story in the book of Luke chapter 19, and you can turn to that. Um, It will also come up on the screen, but just to kind of set the context for this particular story is that this is right before Passion Week. This is right before the last week of Jesus's life. And he is actually, he comes into this little town of Jericho and on his way into town, he interacts with this blind man and he interacts with this blind man who is yelling out and asking Jesus to help him. And Jesus stops even when other people are kind of ignoring him and other people are saying, Jesus, don't pay attention to this guy. Move on. Jesus stops and talks to this person. And then afterwards, he is he goes through town and there's people that greet him and they're there to see Jesus, who is widely known at this point in time. And then on his way out of town, he has a second encounter uh, with another individual. And you realize he is on his way to Jerusalem. The next events that take place after this is he comes into Jerusalem on a donkey, and that's Palm Sunday, where everybody's celebrating him. That last week of Jesus' life is the critical point in time in Jesus' life. It's it's where a lot of what we know about Jesus' life uh, is focused on and dedicated to. And I don't know about you, but if if I knew that I was down to my last week and I knew that this was coming... And I was like on my way to Jerusalem for this last uh, like climactic week of my life. I don't know that I would have time to stop 
on my way into Jericho to deal with a blind beggar on the side of the road, I don't know if I would have had time to stop for uh, this person that we're going to read about today. So uh, that's kind of the context, and that's kind of like the setting of the story. But let's read in Luke chapter 19, verse 1. It says this. Um, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and this is just after his encounter with the, the beggar. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Tell me about it. I totally relate to this guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, tall people drive me nuts. No, just joking. Um, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. Short people may be short, but we are, we are crafty and we can climb up trees. Um, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus... Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down um, at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So this is an interesting story and it is a story of somebody that was one of the easiest people to ignore. This short guy that would have like just kind of preferred to kind of be on the edge of the crowd. He wanted to see what was going on, but he climbed like a tree. If you can imagine like a parade of people, and I've seen parades of people before, and people are trying to find high ground and kind of like be out, out there and, and find a spot where they can catch, uh, catch the parade route. Can you imagine in the middle of like this giant parade route, somebody just stopping and going around and checking out somebody who is like off in a tree, like kind of kind of out there and stopping the parade in this moment to look and see that person. It's an odd thing. It's something that Jesus easily could have ignored. And I think in some ways Zacchaeus was type, the type of person that probably did want to be ignored in a way. He probably was one of those people. Because Zacchaeus made a deal at some point, and we understand kind of some of the context of his profession in this day and age, is that he chose at some point to be a tax collector. And so essentially the choice he made is he chose to be wealthy and be disliked. That is the choice he made. At some point in his life, he chose and he said, I would love to follow this profession that can make me very wealthy, but I know I'll be hated. And so at some point in time, he said, I prefer the money. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take the money, and I'll be by myself in my nice house, and nobody's going to like me very much, but you know what? I'll have a lot of money. So in some regards, Zacchaeus may very well have been one of the types of people that would have preferred to be ignored in some way. And uh, he is maybe the easiest person around to be ignored in this context and in this setting. But Jesus goes over and makes this stop in the middle of all the other things going on. And he goes and seeks him out. 
And he seeks this person out. And he talks to him. And he goes over to him. And he actually engages him. And, you know, this is a really challenging aspect of love. And this is what, it's really hard part of love. And that's, that's what we're talking about with this entire series. That sometimes doing the thing that is the, the most loving, the godly thing is really difficult. And Jesus invites this person that could and should be in some ways ignored into a relationship with him in a way. And he says, how about we sit down and how about we have dinner together? How about we do that? How about we engage in a relationship in that way? And my guess is Zacchaeus did not have too many house guests. He probably didn't have a ton of people over to his house. He may have had a big house, but he didn't have a ton of people over. And it's interesting, Zacchaeus immediately responds and he says, absolutely. Absolutely, I will. Uh, And Jesus chooses in this way to engage somebody and engage somebody that, that other people probably haven't before. And I've been in situations where, you know, it is really tough sometimes. There's people that you just don't quite click with or don't quite get along with. And it's easy to just kind of say, man, I am just moving on and focused on other things. The challenge here and a challenge that Jesus continues to give us with love is that love is something that should be bigger than maybe just our easy circle of influence. Just the people that love us back or the people that are easy to love. You know, Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And, and in some ways, maybe we get the mindset that we only have enough, like, energy or time or space for a certain amount of love. And I can kind of relate to that in some way. Sometimes I feel like I only have a certain amount of relationship capacity. And, 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 and I would agree with that. You can't just like fill up your time with every single person that you ever come in contact with. However, there's something unique that we have to think about when we're talking about love and the picture of love that Jesus gives us is that we sometimes look at love as something that you can only divide between a certain amount of people. It's like I have this much capacity for love, and I can divide like 50% of it for my family. I can divide 30% of it for friends, and then maybe I have a little bit left over, and that's how much love I have the capacity for. But one thing we have to realize and understand is love is different than maybe some of the other things. Sure, we have a limited amount of time. We have a limited amount of money. We have a limited amount of all of these other resources. But love is a unique thing. And that's something that I think Jesus was trying to demonstrate to us. That you realize that when I had my first kid, I was like, this is amazing. This is, this is incredible. And you prepare for it and you think about it and you're like, what's it going to be like when you have a kid? And when you have that, that first kid, you're like, this is different relationship than I've ever had before, right? Can we relate to that? This is a different relationship that I've had with my, my sister, my parents, and others. You know, this is just a different degree of love. This is a different thing. And you have, you think about that and you have, I had, a second kid, and all of us, I'm like, I have capacity. I have more capacity for more love. 
Love is something that multiplies, not divides. It's different than time and other resources. What happens is when we open our heart up and when we become people that are more open to love, we have a greater capacity for it. It's something that multiplies and expands. It's something that grows within us when we continue to act out and when we continue to live in it. It's not like other things. And so you may very well, yes, we all have limited time, energy, and resources, but I don't think we should look at love in that same way. And so Jesus gives us this different picture, and he stops, and he he engages this person that nobody else is engaging, even though he had a lot to do in his life at this point in time. He had a lot of other things he could focus attention and his efforts on. You know, some of the things that I've had to do in my own life to just say, okay, I need to make sure I keep the main things uh, front and center. I need to make sure I keep people in my life front and center. Because I don't know about you, this is, a, this is a challenge for me. Some of you in this room, and I, I admire you, are great at this. You're great at just having time for everybody, and you like connect with everybody. You go to the grocery store, and you become friends with the person uh, like checking out your groceries. Who are you, people? I do not even understand this whatsoever. You're like you're 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 like hanging out at like places like this, and uh, you know everybody's name, and you get to know everybody, and it's like super easy and natural. I want to tell you, people like that, huh, they're almost as bad as tall people. Um, it's almost as bad. It just makes me so envious because that's not naturally my inclination. My inclination is, you know, I'm a little bit more reserved in that. And it takes me a little bit longer to make good friends and those types of things. But I'll tell you, one of the things I've had to decide in my life is that sometimes I've got caught up with my events, my schedule, my time. And I say, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough for anybody else. I don't have enough for that. And so this is super nerd stuff, but I am a super nerd. Um, I got my super nerd notebook right here with my super nerd pen that I've shown off a few times because, like, it's one of the best pens in the history of the world. It's got four colors and a pencil. Uh, It's unbelievable. But what I have to do, this is me because I am, like, I am a beginner in this area, and it's something that I have to work on and struggle, and maybe some of you can relate. I have to take my beautiful color-coded pen, and I have a to-do list. That's, of course, red. I have have my work stuff, and those are other colors, but I have to – I got the green color that is reserved for, like, making sure I take time out of my day to make sure I don't leave people and those relationships out. So I have different goals in my life. I told you, I'm a super nerd. Okay, Uh, I have goals in my life. And the first thing every day I have in my little notebook and I have my goal list and I write them out every day so I can kind of plan my day. And my first goal that I write out is people first. In green, of course, because I'm a nerd. But I write it out, people first, people first, people first. Don't forget people because there's a tendency for me Maybe you're probably all in this room much better than me. There's a tendency for me to get so focused on everything else and I forget that, the, that my life and what's valuable to me is those people around me. 
What's valuable to me is those interactions I have on a daily basis. And what's valuable to me is, is those things. And that's what's most important in life. And that's what I want my life to be about. And so it's hard for me. I admit it's a struggle for me because I can get so focused on so many other things. So I have to go to kind of lengths to make sure that I like write people's name down, pray for them. Like I need to text this person. I need to call this person. Because for me, I kind of look at it sometimes like, oh, that seems like a lot of work to to like engage more people to do that. It feels like a lot. But guess what? It's, it, it is what is life-giving. It is what is significant. It's what is meaningful. And it is what, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I had a great day. Because you know what? I connected with somebody. And I, and, I, and I had that moment. Love is something different than these other categories But sometimes we put it in the category of like a to-do list or task. I'm the worst. But love is something that it grows. It multiplies. It expands. And it's something that has a different dynamic than other things do. I had a, I have a really good friend that um, several years ago, I had this chance kind of appointment and meeting, lunch appointment, where I never met this person before in my life. And I sat down at the Armadillo restaurant, anybody ever been there, on Mississippi and Chambers, and had myself some enchiladas and probably washed them down with some sopapillas. Um, And I had this lunch meeting with somebody that I never met in my life, but somebody told me that I needed to meet him. And um, the, the person was Moises Gomez. His uh, three kids, three of his kids are here. Um, we, can't even, we can't even keep track of how many kids he has. So um, we won't even try. But three of his kids are here today. Um, and they did a wonderful job helping us with some music this morning. Um, but I sat down across the table from somebody that I never met. That uh, his, his English is better than he says it is, but he won't come and preach in English because he says, I just don't have the words to preach in English. But we, we sat there and worked it out and like totally different backgrounds, told, never met one another. And I sat down in this moment and I made one of the best friends of my life in that day. Somebody who has been a, a friend for several years and we, I have had more coffee, sit down conversations with him probably than anybody else outside of my immediate family over the last several years. Sitting and talking and laughing and planning things and doing things together. And Moises has become the pastor of our Spanish group that meets every Sunday afternoon. Um, And I was thinking about this encounter this week that he would be one of these types of people that like probably, if I was honest, if we like just kind of like passed each other or like came in contact with each other in another setting, I might just, I, I might never get to know. He just, we, we, we weren't necessarily like same background, same things going on in our life or different things. But like I took a moment and like God ordained and kind of orchestrated this meeting and I opened myself up to a relationship and it's been one of the most life-giving relationships I've had in my life um, in the last several years. 
somebody who has challenged me and I've learned from and somebody that we've had a great relation, working relationship with. And now we've, we've helped start together a couple of churches and maybe another one coming up in, in this coming year. And it's one of those things that we have to pause and reflect and ask ourselves is, are we open to like something different or out of the ordinary from our normal circles of influence? Is our life open to that? Is our heart open to that? Are we, invite, are we open to inviting more people into relationship with us? Or are we like just so easy to just kind of draw simple lines around like this is, this is kind of the easy, simple relationships that I have in my life and that is it. Jesus walked out, found this person, and even at the end of the, the, the reading that we had here, he says kind of this summation of what he was doing. He says, I have come to seek and save the lost. He had come to engage and seek out relationship with people that nobody else would. That's Jesus' example. So tough love is inviting. Tough love invites, and it invites people into a relationship. It opens up ourselves to the possibility of new and different relationships and connections than what maybe we would have if we weren't open to that. But that's what God calls us to. And even in many ways, as we opened up, it's sometimes those people might be surprising people that maybe at the beginning, it might be people that really bother you, annoy you, or are difficult to work with. It's possible that God, is, God opens up a possibility for a relationship with somebody that might be unexpected. Um, inviting is all about restoration. The relationship is an act of restoration. And when Jesus invited somebody into a relationship, it was always an act of restoration. It was because of who Jesus was. Jesus was and is the Savior of the world. And so when you come into a relationship with Jesus, it reconciles everything. And it's just who Jesus is. Jesus saves. Jesus restores. Jesus forgives. Jesus heals. That's who Jesus is all about. And so we see in the story that the, the relationship was pretty, pretty quick. They made pretty fast friends. Where Jesus connects with Zacchaeus and then all of a sudden Zacchaeus is transformed and he recognizes somebody will connect with me. Somebody will have this relationship with me. And he, he makes this huge gesture where he says, I'm going to give back half of what I have to the poor. And I'm, anybody who I cheated, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them back uh, everything I cheated them out. And I'm going to give them way more than they uh, I even cheated them up three times as much. The, the relationship that Jesus had changed something. He was transformed because he was around Jesus. And you know what? That is an incredible picture of the type of people that I think God calls us to be. And that is real, true, transformational love. God calls us to be people that love like nobody else loves. God calls us to be people who, who loves people that are really difficult. God calls us to be unconditional with our love. God calls us to love with grace and truth. All these things that we talked about even in previous weeks. And when you're around something like that, it changes you in incredible ways. 
I remember when I was a freshman in high school, and I um, was joining the baseball team, and we had a pretty good group of freshman baseball players that was going to come and kind of like transform the high school baseball team. And we were really excited. We had kind of a, a tight-knit group of people that had played together, and we really, we really were, were showing up and kind of say, like, this is, the, this is the new day, high school baseball at Aurora Christian Academy. The freshman class has shown up, and we're going we're gonna to finally bring this uh, school a state championship. And I remember when I was in high school baseball, I showed up, and I, I was really wanting to make a big impression on some of the older kids like the first couple of days of practice, right? So I was like, I was all out and I was going and I was like trying to, trying to like go for doubles instead of singles and really make a tough play and all of these things. And I remember there was the sen- a senior on the baseball team that was a shortstop and I was a hopefully future shortstop. That was my ambition. And he was a senior and I'm not saying this uh, to be derogatory in any way, it's just true. He wasn't quite as, he wasn't as talented as I was. He wasn't as fast. He wasn't as, you know, talented as far as sheer talent. But this guy was the hardest working player I've ever come in contact with. And every ball that came, he would get down and he would just like, he would block it with his bare chest. And at the end of practice, he would, you know, he would just be bruised all over his chest. And he was, he was really skinny. So he like, it was just like when it hit him in the chest, he would boom. It would like thud because it was like straight bones and stuff like that. But he like, and every single time we like ran for conditioning, he would just run all out. And even though I was faster than him, he was like, he was like pushing us. And he would, every day at practice, he would just be like all over the freshmen saying like, you can't do it that way. You got to do it this way. This is the way we do it around here. And he was, he set such an incredible tone for what it means to really, really have passion uh, for a sport like baseball. And I remember hanging out with this guy for that whole year and realizing, like, it is going to take something a lot greater than I have ever given to be really a great baseball player. Not, not talent-wise, but really give my all. And I learned something brand new about what it took to like go to that next level. Three years later, you gotta hear the end of the story because you know, right, right? We did win the state championship my senior year. And we won that state championship with that group of pretty talented freshmen when we were seniors. But I remember back that I don't believe that we ever would have been close if it wasn't for the influence of those players that were three years older than us that showed us what it really looked like to give it your all. And I was a much, much better athlete as a result. Much better. And I didn't really even know what it meant to work hard. What an incredible impact somebody had on my life. And I was transformed just because I was around them. And I saw something completely different. And I was transformed. And... This is what it was like to be around Jesus. To be around Jesus was to be transformed. To be around Jesus was to see something different than everybody else had to offer. To see a kind of love that was, that was unique and out of the ordinary. And that, 
that is, that is what Jesus calls us to be. Jesus calls us to be a part of helping him do what God wants to do in this world, which is restore everyone to a relationship with their creator. To bring people back into a relationship with God. Not, not to ignore the troubles of the world or ignore like the difficulty of the world. But to say to the world that there is a God that wants to bring you back into a relationship. That wants to transform us in that way. Wants to restore us. And that's what invitation really does. That's what inviting really does. And so the truth of that relationship transformed. Jesus transformed him really by, he didn't even really have to say much. Didn't really have to do much. What he did is he said, can I have dinner with you? Can I hang out with you? Can I have that relationship with you? And the person was transformed by just being around Jesus. It's incredible, isn't it? Today, and you know, this is the heartbeat of our church. Uh, after church today, we're going to have a little 10-minute meeting, very simple, just talking about like welcoming people in our community. Uh, in coming weeks and Good Neighbor Project and all these things that we do, we try to go out there and say, can I make a personal face-to-face connection with one of my neighbors to say, you know what, there's something more to life than this. And I want you to know that God's love has transformed me and you are welcome. I'd love to welcome you to a relationship with me and a, and, and a relationship with God. That is what is at the heartbeat of our church. And that is at the heartbeat of what Jesus modeled and taught. That it is much easier to ignore and to disengage. But Jesus says, I will invite people to connect. The question for each of us is, yes, we do have a limited amount of time and we have a limited amount of resources. And yes, you're not going to be best friends with every single person in this world. But the question that I really want you to ponder and think about is, do you have the type of love that is multiplying and growing and something that is expanding? Your heart is growing for, you know, that I am Growing in my capacity to love other people around me. Is it something that is multiplying? Or is it something that like I've kind of capped out and I have a limit and this is as much space as I've, I can have. This is as much space as I'll be, able to, I'll be able to occupy ever. Or is it something in your life that is growing more and more and more and more people are being welcomed into the fact that You're open to a relationship. You're open to doing what Jesus did. Help people be restored. Help people not to be neglected. Help people not to be ignored. That is one of the greatest pictures and simplest ways that we can judge if our faith is really vital. Is is our love growing and multiplying for others? Hate is easy. Hate ignores. Love is tough. Love is challenging. But love invites. Will you pray with me?
God, there's so many times I kind of look at love like everything else. I have limited time. I have limited energy. And I don't have time for anyone else. God, forgive me. God, help me to be the type of person that when I'm walking through town on my way somewhere else, that I have time for somebody that's in need. That I see people that nobody else sees. Did I open up my heart and my life to care for and love and have compassion for others? And God, I just pray that you'd forgive me for any time that I do what is easy and sometimes just ignore and disregard. Get so focused on other things that I miss relationship. God, I thank you for this example and this story of of someone that maybe for the first time was invited into a relationship with somebody else, Zacchaeus, and how it changed his life. All of a sudden, all the money he had seemed unimportant. Because he sought and he found something greater and bigger. God, I pray in this room that you'd expand our capacity for love. I'm going to invite you just to take your own time to reflect, to pray, to maybe possibly think about one or two people in your life that maybe it's even challenging to love. The first step, as Jesus said, is the first thing you can do is you can pray for them. That's the first thing. And pray that God would open up your heart and your life to more and more relationships. That maybe even some relationship that was harmed in the past could be restored. So as Zach plays this song, I just invite you to reflect and to pray and ask God to speak to you and expand your capacity to love.